far too many female advisors have spent years adapting to a business model designed for men, which often undermines their strengths as women. Not anymore. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, a show designed to empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller Heckman, founder of Femex Advisor, will inspire and empower women to leverage their natural strengths as women and create a more successful practice that feels effortless. Follow along for female-driven inspirational and motivational strategies to help you create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast. I'm Andrew Miller-Heckman, founder and president of FemexAdvisor.com. Success as a female financial advisor is not about long hours and elbow grease. For women, great success is often a result of a defining moment in our lives, a moment when we choose to go our own way, carve our own path, defying industry pressure and protocol, simply because it feels right. And that's what authenticity is all about. Well, today you're going to hear how Catherine Magana, managing partner with WWM Financial, fearlessly embraced her authentic self, creating a defining moment that transformed her business as a financial advisor. Today, Catherine has a thriving practice with a team of nine, even winning five-star wealth management awards multiple times. So, Catherine, thank you for joining us and sharing your story today. Oh, thanks, Adri. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and, and as your guest. And just, you know, I know we have a, a long history together. And I'm just happy to be here with you. We do have a long history together. I know that you went through the Smith Barney training back in 2000. Is that 1999. Correct? Yes. So I was still 1999-2000. Uh, that was yes. uh, when I went through... I started at Smith Barney and I went through their training programs in the early 2000s. And that's how I met you. That's right. <laughs> so. Because I became, we both came from Southern California, but I became a national training officer. So you were a trainee or a rookie, as we called you in those days. Yes. And I was your training officer. What was that like going through that training as a young, attractive woman? Thank you. I was very young when I got into this into this field and this industry. There weren't a lot of women and definitely not a y- lot of young women. And so being there, one fascinated to op- have that opportunity to be there. But you know, it was it wasn't easy. I'm not going to say I went in there and it was definitely a lot of, a lot of hard work and challenging. And I think out of a room of you know 60, 70 people, I think yeah. there was maybe five women in there. And you know, of that, I was probably the youngest one there. And I remember we used to host a workshop for all the female advisors and teach them how to kind of manage and get over the hurdles of yeah. being a female advisor in this, as we say, a peacock in the land of penguins. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know, you know, being in the early '90s and 2000s back then, definitely wore the penguin suit and the, <laughs> you know, the pinstripes and just wore the glasses. Just try to fit in into that mold as much as I could because I, that's how I felt that I could, you know, fit in with the guys. And I think too, it, it wasn't just your youth, but you're a beautiful woman. And I remember we used to teach the young women to kind of change their appearance a little bit. We used to say, what, hemlines down and necklines up. (laughs) 
Yes. And then also, like I said, I put had the glasses because I want to look a little older and just fit in as much as I could. I mean, yeah, that's just how it was back then. And I'm so happy that it's changed and people, that women can be a little more free in their expressions and how they want to communicate in the in this industry. Well, you know, it's interesting because so many women were pushed into the admin side or they were disregarded altogether. And so many of them stayed under the radar. You just kind of did your thing. You tried to follow the protocol, follow what they told you to do while building your business. How did you manage that? So I definitely came in on the admin side first. And that's, and during that time, I got all my licenses and I told them from day one, I wanted to be an advisor. So I felt very fortunate to have that opportunity to evolve and uh, to get those licenses. But I did a lot of, not only was I doing the sales assistant or admin work, but I was also getting the licenses, taking sales classes and cold calling and doing all those things in the evenings. And so it was a grind. It was definitely a lot of, of work. And I think what I learned over time was it didn't have to be that way. I mean, there's different ways of building your business, but it was it was very stressful. Especially what do you mean it days. didn't have to be that way? I feel like it, but we were trained at that at that point that you had to put all these hours in. You had to you had to do it a certain way, or you had a cold call, or you had that was the way that we were trained. And so, I think over the years, I realized you know relationships are very important, and and that's how you, people want to work with you is because of those relationships you build with them. And, and but I think for me, be starting brand new, not knowing anybody and starting, yeah. you know, with zero, you pretty, you know, I had to start somewhere. So, you know, I think I did what I needed to do for the times and, you know, but, but I think I it's think changed. That, I think that is key for women is there are periods of time where you're adapting, you're adapting to the protocol, which it doesn't necessarily allow you to succeed at your full capacity. Right. But what I love is that You've maintained who you are authentically as a woman, right? And in the meantime, you're building this business and then you have twins. How did you deal with that? Having kids, I waited. I've been married for us now for 21 years and having, I was building my career and I, you know, I was a little bit older when we had the kids and finally I decided, okay, it's time. And I have a lot of support. My mom helped me with, you know, with the kids and because I really loved, I love what I do. I love helping people. I love the business. And so I also know what it takes to be a mom and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time and commitment. And, and so having a whole support system help me get through that because I knew for me, it was hard to figure out how to, you know, do I have to pick one or the other? And that's the challenge I think a lot of women have. And the reality is you can't have it all. It's just figuring out where your priorities. And if you have other people to help you, that's um, a huge benefit to you. Yeah. And I find that when you take the time to really support the things that are important to you, when you feel good as a mother, when you feel good as a woman, when you feel good as a daughter, when you feel good as a wife or a partner, that's when you thrive as a financial advisor. Yeah. And I think there's all those different hats you wear. And I think that you have to be okay knowing at some point my inner, I'm going to focus more on my family or I'm going to more focus on my, it's, it all yeah. comes together. I think, and I think early in my career, I kind of try to say it was one or the other, but the reality is I think it's, you know, a combination and that's how we live our lives. It's, you know, everything feeds into each other. Yeah. This business for women is fabulous because you, if you do it right, you integrate it 
in and around your personal life so that it almost becomes, I don't know, a whole, right? And it's like, you can't separate it. It's like, okay, it's part of your life. And I have a lot, even for my kids, I mean, I'm teaching them about money and saving and investing. It's just, I have a lot of you know, beautiful stories I've, I've incorporated or had with them through through the years too. Yeah. So what would you say, how did you go from being a financial advisor to being a managing partner of a firm that has nine people in the firm? And what was what would you say was the hardest or most significant challenge you faced? I think one of the biggest things when we moved from the big wirehouse and set up our own company, I think there was a lot of fear of were our clients going to come with us? What is it? What did that look like? But I feel like from that point on, I really looked at this as a more entrepreneurial uh, business and just, I feel even the marketing and everything of, within the practice, it's now under something that we have control, we are managing and helping. And so I, I think for me was really just learning, making that jump and, and making that big change, but also knowing within that first year, you know, the name of our company was Wolf Weezy Magania, and people thought we were attorneys. And so we had to go back and rename, you know, WWM Financial. And it was just one of those things that we had also, people didn't know us, and we had to go out and really build a brand and who we are and who are we serving. And actually, we met you pretty early in that transition. I mean, we pretty much, we were a year in and then we realize, you know, we, you know, we also need to make sure that our presence or who are we wanting to help serve. And so Adri's helped us with uncovering a lot of that. And we, and also, you know, help, helping us with our mission and vision. And I think there was a lot of groundwork that, that was done with you early on in our business. And, and I think mm-hmm. for me, having that growth mindset, we started with four and over the years, Steve and I and Cliff and Cliff retired, but, you know, we've always been very entrepreneur. We wanted to grow and slowly, I mean, we didn't, do it fast. I mean, we started with a small location and eventually got bigger. And um, so I think we've always looked at investing back into the business and getting the right technology. And so not afraid of, you know, putting those resources back into the, to the company. And I think, you know, also creating our savvy woman wealth management division was a big thing for us. Mm. You know, once we did that, then that was a, a game changer. Explain what you mean there. Sure. So we originally had WWM Financial, which we still have. And then we were wanting to do, we wanted to help some of our female clients. Steve had had some uh, clients come through, maybe their husbands died or they went through a divorce. And, and for myself, I had seen a lot of women not know where to begin or what to do. And early in my career, I had done some kind of women and investing workshops years prior. And, and that kind of had one, we, we stopped doing that. And and then we came across Adri and she had this whole program, the Savvy Woman Invest on Purpose series, and really just opened our eyes to really focusing and having kind of a partner to come in and, and work with us. And so, you know, that was, it was a partnership and you really helped us, you know, it was early. I mean, this was probably, you know, yeah, yeah. Eight, nine, you know, years ago now. And, but we were afraid, like we were, what are we doing? Where do we begin? And, and you had a lot of you still have a lot of good resources, but you were just, you were there to guide us and walk us through that process. And so- you know, I remember <clears throat> when you all called and you had left the mothership and you were striking out on your own. And I think one of the things you just said that was significant back then is you really were thinking as an entrepreneur. And that's, that's one of the problems I think I see with so many advisors, especially women, if they're in a broker dealer or 
maybe they are regional managers or branch managers, they're still thinking as an employee instead of this is your business. This is your business. And if you succeed or fail, it's not their fault. It's your fault. And so you really have to look at your business as if you're an entrepreneur. And the only thing that matters is if you succeed. And so fortunately, you had some great partners, very supportive. Um, You know, Steve, it's been fabulous. And when you called, here you were, you always had the Smith Barney backing, right? The name, the firm, the foundation, and you were going independent in a very populated area. And then with your background, you really needed, I said, what's going to make you stand apart? Just like today, it's not your wealth management platform. It's not your tools and resources. It's what you stand for, right? And so we took the model that we use in the Femex Advisor Program, and we crafted out what your team stands for in your WM financial practice, right? And then I said, but a real great way to stand apart, to become significant, to not compete with every wealth management firm was to take your interest, Catherine, in women. It's men and women for women, but yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely you know, very passionate about this um, and helping women learn about money and investing yeah, Steve was all about it. And so was Cliff. And But you were the face, right? And that's pretty darn scary. You've got this great practice. You know, you probably had over 90% of your clients come with you. And now you're going to start focusing on women. It was ah. definitely scary. We were thinking, or we knew there, there was a need, but we're trying to figure out, you know, what are people going to think? Or are we not going to get other clients? Or what are our clients going to think? And you start kind of getting into your head a little bit of, is this the right path? And I, at, once we decided though, this is what we wanted to do, we were all in. I mean, we said website, YouTube, videos, podcasts, yeah. radio, I mean, you name it. You know, this is, we said, we're going to do this. And, you know, Adrie was there all, every step of the way and collaborating and we'd share ideas and uh, a big advocate for us. And I think we wouldn't have had that foundation of from that or if we hadn't worked with you. I mean, you definitely guided us and gave us that feedback and and maybe some things, you know, we were doing wasn't right or wrong or, you know, we just, it was just nice to have that sounding board because we're, we know, we think we know everything, but we don't. The reality is there's so much we don't know. And part of it is just getting out and doing it. I mean, if you don't try something, then it's never, you know, nothing's ever going to change or happen. So... And I think one thing you just said, we were all in. And I think that is what that is the difference between taking action and creating a defining moment, right? I know my defining moment was when I was a financial advisor and I was in my beginning, my second year in production, and my husband had left and there was not enough money. And a boy, I remember thinking, I was still succeeding. I was at the top of my class, but I remember thinking, why don't I just take a salary job and make $80,000 a year and be done with it? And I made a choice right then. No, that's not what I wanted. And I borrowed 50% of my 401k to keep me going. And that was, that was risky. 
right? And it was a big step. So I would say that from what you're sharing, one of the things that really creates a defining moment is when you're all in. And I think when you're all in, then the more doors open and you have more ideas and it's just... And also becomes fun. I mean, our big thing here is we also want to have fun. We want to enjoy what we do. And we, yes, we want to help everybody, but we also want to have fun doing it. And we want, and this, with all the jargon and this, in our industry can be a little boring. <laughs> and so, um, very. So we just wanted to make it fun and enlightening. And, and once again, you, you really helped us um, do that. And so, so what led up? Okay, I introduced the concept of focusing on women. You had done some women's events. We talked about the Savvy Seminar, right? Our Savvy Women Invest on Purpose. What were, if you think back, what were the pros and the cons that was going through your head? I think for me, the cons were, once again, what am I clients going to think, or are we missing out on other opportunities because we're focusing on helping female investors? You know, that was definitely one of my cons for me that, you know, there wasn't really, well, even now there are a lot more people are involved or a lot more firms, but at the time there was nobody really focusing on helping women. And even now up here in North County, we're in North County, San Diego, we're known and people know us. We're the ones that are advocating for fine, for female advisors and female clients. And but it's interesting through this whole journey, the men come in and they want to listen and they watch the videos and you know they're just as they want to learn just as much as the women. So it's not even though we focus on that, the knowledge and the information is for them too as resources for them, and the spouses want their wives to learn, and that's the main thing is here they want their wives to come and and meet with us and talk with us. And so I think it's just, yeah, I I realize it's just a different way of thinking and not being afraid. And from then, you know, we've had a lot of doors opened, a lot of, we have centers of influence and people that know us in the community. And by providing these education platforms, it gives them a way to introduce us without saying, here, call them for X, Y, and Z. It's like, here's a way, go check out their video or here, go check out their seminar. You know, it's just another introduction, another way to introduce us to who we are and what we stand for. So you raised a couple of things. One, this is very common, is when the advisors I coach, they want to focus on women. They're passionate about focusing on women, but they're afraid of two things. And actually more than two things. One, they're afraid they're going to really piss off the men in their client base. And it doesn't happen. No, I think that's a misconception is that the men are, you know, don't want this. And the reality is the men do want women to learn their spouses, their their girlfriends, either even other female financial advisors. I mean, people, you know, we all want to see women succeed. And so I think there is definitely that misconception out there. And then you also said there's this fear that there's going to be missed opportunities, right? I think that sometimes you think, oh, if I'm focusing on this, does that mean that somebody else isn't going to refer me or other doors are not going to open? But that's not the case. I think people still, they know who you are as a person and they trust you and and see what the work that you're doing and they want to share that with other people. So it's, like I said, the idea is, if I'm, am I shutting out other business? But the reality is you really aren't. You know, one of the things you said was, we're really known in the community for supporting women. Well, if you didn't, if you hadn't made that commitment to really create something significant for women and brand yourself, how would you be remembered today? 
No, I don't think we would stand out. I mean, we have opportunities here. You know, the Elevating Women of North County is something that's a new, again, opportunity. Our firm was able to sponsor that. It's, again, there's been numerous times that we've been able to introduce our, our platform or what we do, but I don't think people would have known us in any other way. So I, I think it's just oh, differentiating yourself and your business. And it's interesting, even couples that come in, it's just another value add. Like here, we're helping both of you. But if your wife wants to learn about investing or wants to watch a couple of videos or take a class and we have these resources for her, I just think it's just something um, a little different that a lot of other advisors aren't doing right now. Most advisors will say the thing that they'd like more of are referrals. Well, this is a perfect example. You need a message and a brand that is authentic one but it stands out. And there are so many things that occur when you are willing to present what you're passionate about, what your focus is. One, when you're talking to a man and you say, you know, my real focus, our real passion right now is helping women become more engaged. One, he knows you've, that you're not going to lie to him. You just, you're not prospecting him. What? What? Everybody prospects him, but you're not. You're willing to say what's truly important to you. And that's significant. And what's interesting, and there's women that are sometimes going through different events in their lives. I actually had a call last week. I had a woman, her husband died over the summer. She's not used to handling any of the money, didn't know where to begin or what to do, but she just needed someone to listen and talk to. I mean, it's just, we're... Yes, we'll help her, but the reality is sometimes we get forced into these situations where you pretty much have to take control of your money or know some things about it. And I think there's, I think in life, whether it be going through a divorce or inheriting some money or retire, something's going to happen in your life where, you know, as a woman, that you are going to need to have some understanding of your money. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to know every little detail, but I know enough to feel comfortable about what you're doing. Do you think it was easier to go down this path because you had partners? I think so. I'm one of those I love. I like having partners and team. And I just, for me, that's pretty much how I've been in my business since pretty much early in my career. I really enjoy the team environment and collaborating and, and everybody here in the company, everybody knows we have this resource. And so I think it's, yeah, I think when you come together, there's a lot more uh, synergies. It is, it can be scary by yourself, but you know, it's funny once you took this step, right? Which was a big step. I mean, you're branding yourself and here you were just a year. And really when you leave a firm and you go independent, the first year is about operations, administration, setting everything up, like everything was behind we, the infrastructure. We spent a lot of time with that and technology. And, and like I said, we changed our name and there was a lot in that first year and bringing and making, you know, I'm bringing all of our clients over. So definitely a, a different a, a big, and then you're going to focus on building a brand. And, you know, it's hard to change a brand. Once you're established, like Nike, be very difficult. Look at what Facebook is going through right now, right? They've got this brand name. And so to create this focus, that was a huge step. But then it snowballed. Then you started doing videos. Then you started a radio show. 
then, and all of these, these are big deals, right? These are getting out of your comfort zone, trying something new. It's like fearlessly embracing what you're committed to. Well, it was interesting because it also evolved to, you know, we create the Savvy Woman Show. So we have not only just in our industry, but we're wanting to hear other stories and their experiences. We also did the proactive wealth process and brought in other specialists and the investing basics. I mean, we did so much with it. It's just, it's amazing once you start kind of thinking out of the box, like you said, it's just one of those things. It was, if I was at a wirehouse, I probably would have never even thought about any of this. Um, And so just having that different mindset and flexibility and wanting to, you know, be that resource and help people. Like part of this is I I even being here as a guest for you is like, I want people to learn and I want to share my story and my life because I, you know, I'm very blessed, but you know, there was a lot of work, but I think at the end of the day, knowing that, it can be done and there's others that have done it. And you know, I'm, I'd be happy to be a resource for anybody or talk through and share my path. And like we always say, it's, it's not instant success, but you know what? I'm very thankful and blessed for where I'm at. And it wouldn't have happened without, you know, Adri, like somebody like you or my partners or my family. I mean, there's so many people that have been a big part of my life and my success and I'm forever grateful. And all the big successes were big steps. Right. They're not these little, I, I always say how financial advisors are walking around with a hundred sticky notes. It's all these ideas they've gleaned from other people and they attach it to their business. What you did is you created something from the inside out. And when you do really create a focus and a brand, you're right, Catherine, all the ideas start coming to you. It's like, you get this clarity and the ideas are all geared towards moving you forward instead of kind of horizontally moving you to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right, instead of forward. Yeah, I think definitely a little more clarity and focus. Oh, I yeah. Think that's, and I'm big on once, like I said, once I'm all in or once I know we're doing something, I'm it, like, I'm going to do it. I'm really one of those people like I'm a doer. Steve has a lot of great ideas, very creative and together. It's just, it's been fun and exciting. How do you de- have fun? How do you decide between, you know, most of us as financial advisors are visionaries, right? We've got mm-hmm. lots of ideas. Mm-hmm. How do you decide which ideas to act on? and which not to. Yeah, I think it's prioritizing. And so, and if you're in the process of doing an idea, you really, and there's other ideas that come along, you really have to maybe table the new idea and finish what you, you set out to do. It doesn't mean you won't get to it, but you have to prioritize. And you and if you're going to do something, you know, if you say you're going to do a podcast or you say, I'm going to do a video, you have to really do it. And yes, you may do a radio show or something later, but you do the main things that you said you were going to do. And then, and then you evaluate and say, is this working? Is it not? Or how can I fine tune it? And that evolves over time too. But I think for me, it's just being focused and yes, that shiny object. It's always fun to do a lot of things, but the reality is you really do have to focus and and complete the tasks that you say you're going to do. Yeah. I think creating a focus, you know, the industry always told us pick a target market. Well, we don't do target markets. We do tribal markets and it's the, but that in itself gives you that clarity so that all your ideas are filtered with your focus. And that makes a huge difference. So, you know, you have from day one, you have maintained your authentic self. And that's not always easy. The pressures to conform, the pressures to follow the path, 
but you've really carved out your own path. What advice would you give other women advisors, whether new or already in the business or successful? What advice would you give them? I think don't be afraid to try something new. I think once again, if you, and if you are going to do something, go all in, do your research, you know, and, you know, once again, find somebody to collaborate with. If you don't have a team, then find somebody like Adri or somebody that, you know, to talk to, to talk this through. Or, and once again, it's, it may evolve. I mean, I didn't even know yes. early, we, we were doing big events and then we said, you know, we want to do small ones now. And you just have to figure out, like you said, what's true to you? How do you thrive? And it's my big advice is just do it. Like just do it now, have a plan and, and execute it. And that's yeah. how you succeed. Yeah. You're always growing. And I think advisors need to understand, you know, you hear all these podcasts about, oh, how I reach success. And it all sounds so easy. It's not easy right? But it doesn't have to be long hours and hard work. Sometimes it's just really staying in touch as to who you are and what you're really passionate about, and then having the courage to go down that path. Absolutely. Uh, I agree 110%. It definitely is. uh, Yes. Well, Catherine, it's always a pleasure. And in 10 years, I'm going to interview you again (laughs) if I'm still at it. Well, I'll still be at it. That's for sure. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you have two 12 year old twins. I, I still support. have a little ways to go, but it's all good. But I'm uh, well, I love it. You've been fabulous. And uh, you reminded me that I was actually when you started your podcast, and I didn't even remember this, I was one of your guests. So, you were, yes. Yeah. So we, go, we have a long history together. And like I said, we wouldn't be where we're at today without your consulting and advocating for us and really oh, thank you. So thank you. That's sweet. Well, for those of you that are listening, if you are not yet a subscriber of our Femex Advisor podcast, be sure you do so now, get subscribed. And if you love this podcast, Share it with all the women advisors you know, because success is just not about all the wins. It's about kind of like driving a bumper car. You know, you go this way and you hit the side of the bumper and that tells you to go to the left. Just follow your heart, your soul, and you will find your authentic self. And that's where your success truly resides. So thank you, Catherine. And thank you, folks. Thank you, Audrey. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller-Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.